0: And learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop, May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org/slash thrive.
1: Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Through a mix of solo and interview episodes, I want to showcase all the different ways the spirit world helps guide our daily lives. Whether it's through intuition, signs, mediumship, channeling, the mystical, or the paranormal, our altruistic spirit guides and other members of our loving soul team are always there, ready, able, and willing to guide us. Welcome to another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. I'm your host, Laura West, and I have with me today my guest, Vicki Murphy. Vicki is an internationally recognized intuitive coach, medium, and integrative energy expert. Hello, Vicki. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Laura. Thank you for having me. Love it. I am so excited to connect with you. Can I first share? (laughs) So anytime anybody has heard me on other podcasts or wherever, and I talk about the Scorpio party that I've been to. And I talk about, I don't even think I've told you this, vicky And I talk about this psychic that we had at the party and how she gave like 15 readings, <laughs> which is insane. But anyway, and how when I got my reading, the psychic told me, oh, I see that you're writing a lot. And I was like, yeah, I am. And at the time I was in school writing a lot of papers. And you said, well, you're actually channel writing all that. So that really hit home with me because I remember thinking, oh, wow, like writing paper is coming really easily to me. I'm able to express what I want to say. I'm getting good grades. And it was the writing of the papers I was concerned about going back to school with. So when you told me that, it was very validating for what I was experiencing. And that was when I decided to explore channel writing more, which led me through all other rabbit holes to where I am today. So Vicki is the psychic from that party. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. It's validating, right? Yeah. I
2: mean, when we're doing this kind of work, I love the feedback. And we're human. And so we use different things to study and heal with and trust is one of those things as humans. So hearing that helps build trust and confidence, right? In the fact that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing here, and we're supporting people on their path and their journey. So thank you.
1: Yes. I'm just sorry I never told you sooner, but I have been talking a lot about you. I think I actually mentioned it in my book that I wrote too. So that's how profound it was to me. So anyway, thank you. So let's get back to you, Vicki. Can you please share how has spirit guided your life so far? Well,
2: that is a huge question because spirit has been so instrumental in guiding me in my life from way back in my twenties, where I was very much guided to go on a journey of seeking out purpose. And at that time I had graduated with my art degree and I wasn't doing art for a living. I wasn't really living my life. I was living for other people. So I left Michigan, which is where I'm from. And I went out West toward Arizona And I was really questioning if I had made the right decision. I had a very crazy degree, okay? And here I am out in Arizona, I'm starting to run out of my money, and I have to get a job. And so I opened the paper, because back in the day, that's how we did it. We didn't have the technology we have today. And I opened the paper and there it is, Wanted Intaglio Printmake Monotype Artist. And that is my degree. No way. (laughs) And I just looked up at God in the heavens and I was like, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. And then I went on to get that job. I ended up having international representation for my artwork. It was a phenomenal, almost 30-year journey. And during that time, so many other things happened. I was also guided then To help other people. And I was working in the foster care system, helping these beautiful children, these young souls connect with their purpose and help them get more healed. I've just always felt super guided. During that time, one of my little side journeys was becoming a flight attendant. And this is another God story. Okay. (laughs) I became a flight attendant, I went through all the training, everything. And I flew for Delta again. I was like, okay, God, the universe, my angels, am I on the right path? I'm like, give me a sign. And Lori, you're going to laugh. On that very first flight where it was like up and down all day long, our plane lost hydraulics. And we had to do an emergency landing, a remote landing. No. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be done. I know, right? (laughs) But no, not me. I asked for forgiveness because I've gone through all this training and I'm like, human doubt. I'm like, are you sure? Well, how much more (laughs) clear can it be, right? I flew for five more years before I finally was able to let go and to move back into art. And I could tell story after story of all of the guidance that happens just on a regular basis. It's how I met my soulmate. We've been married now for almost 25 years. It's such a part of my life and my soul that I have regular conversations throughout the day as you know I do this work with people so I'm very connected throughout the day anyway but on my own behalf I knew when my child was going to have an accident in their car I was walking up the stairs they had just left the house and I got such a clear and I'm getting chills I got such a clear message that it just stopped me on the stairs in fear and terror because we live by a really busy road as I stopped I just put protection. I asked for angels to come in and surround my child. And two seconds later, I kid you not, the phone rang, and it was my child crying that they'd had an accident. No. Mm-hmm. And the car was totaled, but they were okay. I don't want people to be afraid. I want them to use it. Some people, I think, have this fear of connection. They've either had maybe a past life incident where it's impacted them and there's a residual fear or using their giftedness. But I believe that, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. We have intuition, just like animals do and know when there's danger and what to do. We have intuition for a reason. It's a part of our operating system here. It's what keeps us not only safe, but it is what guides us. I was guided to ask for protection for my child. Where if you're blocked and you're not connecting, you're missing out on having a lot of beautiful ways because we are going to move through challenges here. That's part of why we're here. But if you open to your intuition and your gift of trusting in what you're getting, it's going to help you. It's going to make the journey a little bit smoother and more yummy, which is one of my favorite words. (laughs) I love being here. I always say to God and the universe, I'm like, don't beam me up yet. This is fun. Even when it's yucky. Okay. Because I see the beauty in the challenges and the soul gift as we walk through them that we're gifting to ourselves. So I love daily communication and connection. And I don't ever take it for granted. I'm
1: deeply grateful. That's wonderful. So has it always been like that for you? What was life growing up like for you? So I have
2: a very unique background. My grandmother was very intuitive and saw the dead and would tell stories. So I grew up thinking that was normal. And then she hadn't, well, I'll say she had seven children. She had a couple that are no longer with us. But at that time, one of my aunts was very psychic and she was an artist as well. And she read tea leaves just for our small little family groups and get together. She didn't do it out in the world. So I thought it was so normal I've had experiences as early as that I can remember, 12 years old, manifesting things with intention and prayer. That was a little trippy. It was a little too powerful at age 12. And I backed away, thinking old thoughts, old beliefs that maybe had come into this life with me, made me feel a little afraid, maybe guilty for manifesting things so easily, maybe wondering if the religious belief that maybe it wasn't. Good or positive. And then I did develop over the course of time a realization that, again, God does not make mistakes. We have intuition for a reason. And so then I got more comfortable with it. But around my dinner table, my father worked for the CIA. My mom had eyes only clearance and worked for President Eisenhower as part of his staff flew in his helicopter. And my uncle was a colonel in Area 51. So I grew up thinking that aliens and different dimensions and life forms were normal. We talked about things like that. My father had a missing time event and probably had more than one, but one that I remember him telling us about, which is he was actually on a special mission with the Air Force in Bisbee and he was on a train and he said that a journey that should have just taken like under an hour Somehow he felt like he had fallen asleep, and when he got to his destination, it was two hours later, and that's a missing time event. For anybody that is into the whole DNA and all of that speculation, my father had blue eyes, and that is part of what people talk about with alien DNA, and then our entire family, and this is kind of a crazy story, our entire family had a missing time event. What?
1: Right? You need to share that.
2: (laughs) Okay. I was four years old. My brother was about two and a half, and we were coming back from my grandmother's house. It was late, and it was an hour drive, typically about 45 minutes to an hour, and my parents, I remember them saying, we're going to pull over at this grocery store and get bread and milk. Well, we are an hour away from home. They have two small children. That is highly unlikely and weird. And why would you get bread and milk so far away from home? You just wouldn't. They wouldn't have done that.
1: Yeah. You need a fridge for the milk, if anything. (laughs) I know. It's so weird. It's so weird. And so...
2: All I remember is a huge, bright light that was so ginormous, hovering over the hood of our car and then zipping off. That's what I remember. I don't remember anything else, but I remember that. Then we got home and I remember my parents saying, it's so late. How did this happen? It was two hours later.
1: I'm noticing a pattern here. The two hours, right? Yeah, I know Weird. Yeah,
2: the two hour thing. I don't know if that's typical of other missing time things with other people, but I'll research that. It's kind of interesting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we never talked about it. Nobody ever talked about it. And then when I was 21 years old, my father handed me a book having to do with aliens. I don't know if I can mention the book or not. Of course. Yeah. Communion by Whitley Stryver. And I read it and it jogged this memory. So I went to my mom, who was a little bit more removed from that thinking. And even though she was very open-minded, that wasn't her experience so much as my father's, right? And I went to my mom and I said, mom, do you remember this happening? And much to my amazement, she said, yeah, wow, I do remember that. She remembered the whole thing. And so I didn't say anymore, but I immediately went to my father because I didn't want them to have any conversation. I went to my dad and I go, dad, do you remember this happening? And again, amazed. He's like, "Uh, yeah, wow. I do remember that happening. And then he told me again, repeated the story of his missing time event when he was in his 20s. Even after that, though, Laura, we talked about it that one time and then we never talked about it after.
1: Programmed to not (laughs) talk about it or something weird. (laughs) I don't know. There's a theme of twos, Mm -hmm. though, which is kind of interesting. Your dad was in his 20s, two hours missing, two items to get at the store. It's just kind of interesting. Yeah, my brother was two and
2: a half. I was four. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of two energy there. Mm,
0: How interesting. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop, May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. So
1: what happened at 12? You said you had this experience of manifesting. What happened? (laughs) This is a funny story. I got my hands
2: on some kind of ritual that you do to manifest. You have to write on a leaf. Well, I went down to my mom's pantry and I got a bay leaf. What was I trying to manifest? You're going to laugh. Hip hugger purple
1: corduroy bell bottom pants. So specific. Right? Perfect yeah. for twelve. Yeah, exactly. If I was just gonna say now, it's right? style again. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> so I wrote it down on the leaf and you're supposed to put it under your pillow. I put it under my pillow and just allowed. And the very next day my mom said And it was so out of the blue and random. Hey, do you want to go shopping after school? And I was like, "Um, okay. We went shopping and we walked into the department store near us. I think it was Crowley's at the time in Michigan. And there on the first rack was one pair of purple hip hugger, corduroy bell bottoms in my size. And I got them. (laughs) Wow. Yeah.
1: And it freaked you
2: out? It totally freaked me out. I was 12. I was like, what kind of magic is this? You know, I was like, what? Is, how did that happen? It was oh very analytical.
1: A little yeah,
2: yeah. for me. <laughs> very analytical. And now though, I use those same principles. I've dissected it and figured out exactly the quantum aspect and the energy. And that's why I do a lot of integrative energy work and a lot of manifestation coaching.
1: Can you in layman's terms explain how you found it works? Yes, I can try. <laughs> yeah. What
2: happens is we have a quantum field of energy within us. That's just our biofield. And think of it like this. If you put electrodes on your head, you're going to get an output energy and it'll be measurable. Or on your heart, we have an electrical frequency of vibration that is causing our cells to vibrate at a certain rate of speed that's making them nice and round and making them form our body and our brain and all of those other organs, et cetera. And so when you learn to use and attune that inner energy in a very specific way, and then you understand that there's quantum energy field outside of you, and that's the God universe that answers that like vibration you can manifest those connected people, places, things, opportunities that you are asking for, praying for. I do a lot of prayer work and allow yourself to be guided in that manifestation journey. And it is a journey. It's a process. And I say that because a lot of people say, yeah, yeah, I know how to do that, but it's still not working. And the reason that it doesn't work is often that we have frequencies within us of belief that are limiting. And again, it can come from past lives. It can come from concurrent lives where we may be having a different experience. Those fear-based limitations, that energy is impacting us being able to rise in our own biofield and then connect in the outer field of quantum energy.
1: Yeah. It's so funny that you brought up that story as a child because it prompted something in my mind to remember a story when I was younger too. I was I was younger than 12. I was probably... I don't know about nine or something like that. And I had one of those Native American necklaces of like the little person. It was the woman, it was beaded. And I was, I don't even know where I heard this from. But I was told that if you squeeze it and wish for something, then it'll come true. And so I was playing at a neighbor's house and she had this Barbie Corvette that I was like, oh, I really want that. (laughs) So I I took that necklace, (laughs) yeah. but like in my size. Mm -hmm. So I took that necklace and I squeezed it to myself. I said, please let me have that Barbie Corvette, something like that. I don't remember how long after, but she ended up asking me if I wanted it. And so I got the Barbie Corvette. So that just prompted that whole memory in me, you sharing your story. That's interesting. And I, maybe as children, are we just, I don't know, it happens easier <laughs> for children? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's my explanation for that of how
2: easy children can manifest. They are more connected to the higher frequency. They're in play. They haven't received all their conditioning yet. All of it, some of it comes through DNA and, again, through past lives energetically. But as we journey, in order to have our perfect soul challenges that will offer us our perfect soul growth, we get conditioned with people's words and actions and what we witness, what we see, and start to formulate beliefs that are often limiting beliefs and can create soul wounds but remember everything's purposeful so it hasn't happened to the great degree in childhood we're still again experiencing more freedom and playing which is a very high vibrational energy to be in when you're doing your asking like that and so it's much easier for children to manifest
1: Got it. So I wanted to go back to these conversations that you would have at the dinner table. I had no idea, Vicki, this was where this was going to go today, <laughs> but I can't just glance over it. <laughs> so you would have these alien conversations. Mm-hmm. What did you learn yeah, from these conversations? Yeah. Well, so
2: going back even a little bit further, my grandmother lived with us in her later years. But all throughout my childhood, I remember her telling these stories of seeing a ghost in the fields. Now, remember, she was born in 1881, and so they didn't have autos. They were on horse-drawn carriages, and they were working on farms. So she would tell stories of that, and seeing a little two-year-old, unfortunately, that had died, and watching, I know two again, right? Two again. His spirit ascend. She would just talk about things like that, that normalized it for me. So then my next level was sitting at the dinner table (laughs) with my dad and his brother when he came to visit and hearing them talk about, oh yeah, there's aliens and oh yeah, we're being conditioned to not talk about it or to fear it. And my dad didn't want us to fear it. My dad wanted us to understand that we aren't the only souls in the universes. We aren't the only life forms. He also was a big believer in reincarnation. He didn't bring that up so much other than he handed me a book. My dad was a man of believe it or not, few words. And so when he did say something, you really paid attention. Again, he was in the Air Force. There were many, many incidences in people involved in the air spaces and seeing things and it's coming to light more and more now as we are awakening as a tribe on the planet, those revelations, things that people are revealing about their experiences are coming to light and being published and being talked about. And the fear, the veil of fear is lifting. There was a fear that it would cause mass panic on the planet, and that it would have some very negative repercussions. But again, we're all ascending and waking up and allowing ourselves to be guided in that way. I believe that the awakening also is part of our DNA, brain structure, that is divinely timed to open and allow.
1: Got it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So that's comforting to hear that those who are quote unquote, in the know, say not to fear the idea of alien and their existence. So that is comforting to hear. So can we talk about the journey you took to get to where you do the work you do these days. Yeah, it
2: started like I said. I had a deep trust and faith when I opened that newspaper and I saw "wanted" in Talio Fruitmaker, I knew that I was being guided, and that really just up leveled my trust. So then I started that daily communication and really listening, because you can't just pray without stopping to listen for the answer or (laughs) develop a language of communication to be able to receive. And so that was a part of my journey as well. And throughout that, I was manifesting all the time, incredible experiences and incredible life. And one day, as I was painting, which I mentioned I had an international representation, right? And I was painting big canvases. And I had met my husband, one of my lovely manifestations, and he was standing next to me. And I guess I was talking out loud without realizing it. And I was honestly discussing with my angelic realm guidance about the composition that I was working on. And he said, who are you talking to? (laughs) I'm just over there chattering and I really had taken it for granted that everybody did this realized I was doing it out loud but I just took it for granted that everybody had this type of communication within their mind at least and so I said well I'm talking to my guides about this composition and he's like okay he goes you realize that that is a little abnormal (laughs)
1: What? Well, he didn't didn't run. run. You ended up marrying him, so (laughs) no, he didn't run. He's
2: very intuitive. He's very intuitive, very open-minded, highly intelligent. Also has blue eyes, Mm. the whole alien thing. (laughs) Mm. my child, oh yeah, yes, the DNA is perpetuating. Yeah, very, and they're all above average intelligence, like genius level off the charts, too. Wow. So that allowed me to understand that not everybody can do that. And I had a real want in my heart to help people connect in that way, because I knew how helpful it had been for me. So that kind of started things. And as a soccer mom, which is around the time that I met all of you beautiful women and souls who are my soul sisters. I love all of you so much. When I started talking about it very carefully, because, you know, I had a child in school and my husband's an executive, I was well aware that some people had beliefs that intuition was bad in some way. I didn't have that experience. It opened doors. People flocked to me. It was crazy what happened. Again, God in the universe. And next thing you know, I was up and running and I started my coaching practice. I was using my intuition to help people and it just grew and grew. I do a lot of energy work with people to help them find origins of what's impacting their health their success, whether it's money or love or whatever, and clearing energy. And it's a channeled practice, being guided in what I do. That's kind of the journey there in a nutshell and how it unfolded. I did originally go to a little shop. I thought I needed classes. And I went in there and I'd already been doing artwork for people, giving them free readings. And I had this little portfolio. I flipped it open and I said, Do you guys have any classes on intuition? And they looked at it and they're like, Um, you're hired, basically (laughs) is what happened.
1: Yeah, your class. (laughs) It was so funny.
2: And I did. I taught intuitive art and I taught kids. Oh my gosh. I would use a technique to teach children where they had to use just a regular deck of cards. And I taught them different ways to put it on their head or heart or to just hold their hand over it or close their eyes or whatever to allow them to discover what worked for them. I had kids that could guess correctly the entire deck, all 52 cards. No way. Correct.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of intuitive artwork. I also actually have a bachelor's in fine arts as well. And I love to paint. Well, I could paint more than I do, but I love to paint. And so I love the idea of being able to put onto canvas or paper or whatever people use what they feel or see or hear because i think that it's so cool to see what that ends up looking like for the person who is creating that we had a psychic fair here a couple of years ago and i went and there was an intuitive artist there and so she read me by drawing it so I got to see what she saw, which to me was so fascinating. So I love that extra level. So how cool is that? So what is it like doing intuitive artwork?
2: So intuitive artwork is a wonderful tool, as you mentioned, for others to be able to tap into their intuition in a way that feels natural for somebody who has that gift. But it doesn't have to be. And I teach this all the time that you don't have to have any drawing skills at all to connect intuitively that way. And it doesn't have to be a picture. It can be scribbles or patterns and things that call to your soul. It's a wonderful tool also to use. And I did this in foster care to tap into the subconscious and be able to bring things out that are buried deep within in a format using imagery, or again, scribbles and patterns that give insight into what may need to be healed. So it can be a beautiful healing tool. It can be a wonderful tool for communication between you and your guides, for messaging. You could even write numbers or whatever comes to you through your third eye and or is flowing out your pencil. Different souls have different ways of communicating, and I do teach that as well. Intuitive art is just a window into the soul.
1: I love it. Yeah. And just another way to visualize what we receive intuitively. So that's fantastic. So what type of services do you offer? I love, love, love doing
2: intuitive coaching. I have my VIP clients that I work with throughout a period of months, because in order to support sustainable success, you have to make neurological changes. And the only way to do that, I have found in my experience, is to clear that blocked energy that is usually a fear resistant energy that's having to do with fear at the basis and it's creating resistance to moving forward, to gaining your success for many, many different ways in many ways. And I love the field of psychology, but my belief is that if you don't involve the somatic energetic body You're not going to have the success that I've had with my clients who are amazing. They're just zooming. So it's my joy to help in that way to intuitively coach people. I also do energy work during coaching. I love to help people really understand how to help themselves. So I teach that as well as use it. A lot of Reiki And a lot of quantum energy. And I actually teach a certification course on how to use quantum energy for healing. I have taught animal communication when I had my dog who passed away a couple of years ago. Now she's with me all the time on the other side, but I don't tend to teach animal communication that much. I teach a little bit of it, but it was real easy when I had my dog with me because she was my teaching aid. (laughs) Yeah. It's really about healing. It's really about healing and teaching. Those are my two loves. I want to teach people how to use their energy, how to do intuitive development and on their own, develop their own intuitive languaging, mediumship. That is a big one for me. That's probably my strongest ability is mediumship. I was on iHeartRadio for nine years, reading people and giving them psychic information and connecting them with their loved ones. And I have a very high degree of accuracy and crazy stories. I put together a little book for that. And my other book that is about energy and the energy of the body and what it means in your soul plan, how to use it, that is on Amazon. And I have a deck of cards that go with that. So anyway, lots of fun teaching tools that I share with
1: people. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, so all the ways to connect with you will be in the show notes. So before I ask you our final question, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to cover today?
2: You know, I just really stand for people to understand their intuitive abilities and to heal. And here's why, and this is so important, and I know that you know this. We're here, all of us have agreed to come forth at this time to help the ascension, to help the awakening. There's that struggle of good and evil that people talk about. What that really is, is the conflict that is a tool for our growth that is fear versus love. That's really what it comes down to. And so I urge people to heal their fears and resistance within them so that they can bring their full light and more love to the planet at this time. And that I think is the biggest message that I want to send out that I want to share with everybody. Don't be afraid, find what works for you. I mean, if it's me, great. Love it. I'm here for you. If it's Laura, fabulous. But find what works for you and do it, do it. (laughs) We need you right now.
1: Yes, yes. That kind of answers the last question, but I'll ask it anyways, just in case anything else comes through. So to help wrap up our discussion today, is there a message from the other side? that you would like to share with the listener for the time that they hear this episode? You know what I just heard really strong? Be not
2: afraid. Be not afraid. We were all born fearless children, and then we received our conditioning. And the objective, the idea is to, of course, heal ourselves, but to return to that fearless, playful spirit so that we can enjoy this time that we have in the physical, in the here and now. On this planet in this dimension there are many other dimensions your energy will go on forever but don't waste it in fear and what fear creates which can impact your health and well-being and success fearless Be not afraid.
1: I love it. What a great message for all of us to receive and a reminder. So thank you, Vicki. And Vicki, I want to thank you so much for your time and for sharing your life story with us so far and your knowledge. really appreciate you. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much
2: for inviting me. It's an honor to be here with you. And I really appreciate this.
1: And that was another episode of a Guided Life Podcast to connect with me via my socials or for links to my book titled Guided or my card deck called From Your Spirit Guides, please visit my Linktree site at linktr.ee forward slash guidedwest. Thanks so much for tuning in and until next time, love and light always.